0: I hear it. It was. It's a
1: miracle. It's, it is a miracle. Oh, Christ. All right, listen, this has been a complete cluster F.
2: Welcome to Comedy Centric, your place for all things comedy. Every week, we'll discuss the legends and the people who built the business. The performers, writers, behind the scenes, and stories that you have never heard. So relax, take a load off, and join us for this episode of Comedy Centric. Now the host of your show, nationally headlining comedian, a woman with a wicked sense of humor and a killer Jersey accent, Julia Scotty. Right, can you hear me? Can
1: you hear me? Can not hear me? Can you hear me? All right, hello, hello. That was easy. Ha! Well, ha! well, we gotta tell, we have had... Yeah. Uh,
0: we've been working for the past half hour to I get know. This, well, right here.
1: Well, this is amazing. We just uh we've had so many problems getting here this you know today that even Amelia Earhart couldn't have found us today. She she's right behind me. We don't want oh, her help. Here. No, we don't want her. She's got a bad sense of direction. No,
0: no, um, it was her pilot, her co pilot was Noonan that, 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 that had the bad,
1: bad. Fred Noonan, that drunken Fred. bastard. Fred. Fred. I-
0: I'm glad we were able to do the show because I got my haircut today.
1: I see that. I was going to say, I wish I could see you. Uh, I wish I could blow my screen up yeah. and so I could really see your head. But like oh, from what I say, it looks nice.
0: Thanks, Emily.
1: Yeah. i say good, good job, Emily.
0: Emily is one of those young girl, no, I shouldn't say girl, young lady, uh, that is really, really pretty and doesn't realize she's really, really pretty. Like, she's so sweet and... Uh, I love people like that, but then they also annoy me because I'm like, you have to be able you, do you own a mirror?
1: I, I had the same problem.
0: I know. Oh, it, that's why I love you, too.
1: I know. I know. How you doing there? Uh, oh, Chicky I'm not
0: as I'm not as good as you.
1: What you talking about?
0: Uh, where do you want to start?
1: You oh, want to start in the
0: one. UK? And you want to start with your little article?
1: Let's we'll start with the article. That was a that was a that was that a,
0: was cool, right? It
1: was very cool. Tell why don't you tell them what it was. I will
0: tell them. Well, so I forget the name of the uh, publication, but it was the top five uh, comedians that are changing and transforming and and being um, what's the word I'm looking for, like um, for their causes and just kind of right. They're Advocates. Advocates. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking
1: activism. For. Yeah. Activism.
0: All, all the A words.
1: All the A words. And the, the, except for the A hole. That was the only one. They, did they
0: left that one out.
1: The five but, biggest A-holes. I didn't get on that one.
0: That's oh. in the next one. Um, so I forget the other three, but the, the last two was W Kamal Bell and
1: Maz Jobrani was on it too. Okay, and who oh, right. Julie oh, she was on it? I know. I was really, I was yeah. really, cool. see, I was going down the list because uh, I didn't even know I was, I didn't know anything about this thing. Right. And I was going down the list and they see, wow, these are impressive people. And then, yeah. you know, I see, I see Kamal Bell and I'm like, and then I see me, I'm like, what the hell did I ever do? I know. <laughs> Wait till but we shut you. I got <laughs> to tell you though, um, that was, it was very nice and it came at a wonderful time. Uh, I was feeling kind of, you know, down in the dumps lately because I feel like, you know, sometimes uh, I'm not getting through to people, especially in light of what's going on.
0: Oh, I know the, the, know. the rhetoric is just on, off the charts. It's yeah, I mean, yeah. So, um, it, but but the other good news mm-hmm. for you was uh, in two days.
1: Two days, yes.
0: Yes, uh, Friday, 30, March
1: March thirty first.
0: The UK will be able to view Julia Scotty funny that way.
1: Yep, it's going to be streaming in the UK. It premieres on uh, on uh, uh, I think it's a, it's Amazon UK. I think it's a completely different Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and and what's nice about it is I've been getting such great press, is such great interviews over there. I did one today for the BBC in Sussex, England. Wonderful interviewer. She's a terrific. In fact, I think she's agreed to be a guest in the next coming, and she was a big fan of yours. I'll tell you that much. Oh, really? <clears throat> she, she, um, that's why I called you earlier to, to tell you that oh, she, um, I missed that call. Well, no, she said, I've had a lot of strong women in my life supporting me, and I, and she was referring to you. So, um, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was, it was kind of cool. And we, we are surrounded by strong women tonight. Oh. Um, I wonder in fact we have one as our guest. Uh, see what I did there?
0: You are getting really good at this. I was gonna say, I, remember, I I'm mean, getting, I gotta pat myself on the boot. money is coming very soon. I can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um i i this, Rhonda Hanson is our guest tonight. And she's she's quite a quite a woman. I remember well I don't want to tell you right now about Rhonda stuff, but she's a comedian. A writer, a producer, a director, a and she's she's found a cure for the common cold. I mean, she's just an amazing human being, and she's going to be our guest tonight. So, um, do you know okay. her? Do you know Ron? You
0: know, I, I, I know. I don't think we've ever worked together, but yeah. you were going. It was going so well, and then you just kind of
1: went know. right off the rails. Yeah, yeah. It
0: was, it's a shame because you're really doing well.
1: I've only got so much in me, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm draining. I'm draining.
0: Well, you need a recharge. You need to stop at one of those little <laughs> electric vehicle places and plug in for eight hours. And- Honestly,
1: I gotta tell because I got the play coming up in in a couple of weeks. So we're doing and uh, we're doing first rehearsals next week. I've been auditioning for movies like crazy. I did three over the weekend, three auditions. Got one in today for something else. Things are going great. They couldn't be going better. And I'm going to be in. I uh, just booked Boca Raton for the 31st of April at the Boca Black Box. Well, why do not you pitch more? I'm pitching. Yeah, well, you play? said I ran out of gas. I always get charged up when I talk. Why about I wouldn't call
0: that being tired? I just call that being you. You just. Oh, okay.
1: Now you got to let me know when Jimmy starts playing the music so we can outro and go to the go to the break and then uh, bring okay. on our guest, Ronda the Handsome. So he if he's not. Uh,
0: He's not, but...
1: He's not. I know he's not. He's got his pants on still, and he's... There it is. I hear it!
0: It was... Uh, It's a miracle. It is a miracle!
1: Christ! All right, listen. This has been a complete cluster F so far, getting on here. So you're lucky we got this far. But we'll be back right after this really short break with Rhonda Handsome. Hey, listen, my album, Julia Scotty Jersey Fresh is available everywhere now. You can download it wherever you want, everywhere. It's really kind of funny. It's like 10 bucks. Come on, buy the damn thing, will you? And also uh, check out on the Dry Bar, my comedy special, Dry Bar Comedy, uh, it's called Julia Scotty Jersey Fresh. So you can, it's my understanding that if you sign up for Dry Bar, you can see it like 100,000 comics on there. But you, of course, have to watch mine. Uh, but you get a free month, I think. It's still going on like that. So, again, my album, Primal Cuts, and my special on Dry Bar, Jersey Fresh. It's so simple. Come on, do it. Do it for me. Do it for your mom. I love you. Bye. He always does that. He always does that. He always does that. We're waiting for the music to come back in. And I think he's going to pot it up, you know, slowly. Come on. It's blasted. I'm going to open the door. Hey, turn down that music, you kids. That's what it's going to be like one of these nights. Anyway, we're back. And, uh... Rhonda handsome, as I said. Uh, you're gonna like her luck. And she's a lot of fun, and she's what? And I don't. I'm gonna have a compliment for her when she comes on. That's how I want to open the, the interview. Okay. All right. So let me just get the compliment out, and then we can talk. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, let's bring her on.
1: I'm going to. Okay. So as I said, uh, I've known her forever. We've known her for got 40 years or whatever. She's a comic. She's very funny. She's got an incredible resume. Writer, director, producer, actor, unbelievable. Uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world, ladies and gentlemen, Rhonda Hanson.
2: Welcome. Hi. Are. How are you? Oh, How are you? oh, I'm excited to be here with you. I miss you. It's been so long since I've seen you face to face. I'm I'm delighted. Just delighted.
1: I, speaking of face to face, I only see half of yours. So just move over to your right a little bit welcome to yeah. the show rhonda
2: <laughs> <I'm happy laughs> to you. Have one.
1: this has been the night of a thousand podcast horrors here
2: yeah, well oh. we we've still got time to have more <laughs> oh all right so I, I gotta i gotta give you i gotta give you my my
1: complimentary intro okay back when right when i when i first met you rhonda she had this you know how some people cat would I always pictured Rhonda coming out of a limousine with paparazzi oh, flashbulbs
0: yeah.
1: sh- shooting as she just she just looks into the camera and lights up the room that's <laughs> she was so glamorous back then not that she's not now
0: yeah really you didn't first, have to throw in the back then Julia <laughs>
1: <laughs> but my first impression of her was like you know she she whisks into a room and and she's just she's a presence, you know. Some people are presence. Yeah, that was Rhonda and Rhonda Handsome. And, and I almost
2: uh, wore sequins for you today. <laughs>
1: but I'm telling you, I swear to God, every time I saw you, you were you, you were dressed to the nines. You were you know, it, it just the makeup was perfect. Everything was friggin' perfect. I hated you, but you were wonderful. <laughs>
0: When did when did you guys meet? Was it back when you were doing stand up before Julia? Or when
1: you came back? Before? No, okay. I, I've known Rhonda. What? Rhonda's from the eighties, right? We yeah, it, yeah. I think it was probably mid mid to late eighties. Uh, it
2: was sometime in the previous century.
1: Yes. Yes. The
2: previous iteration of. Uh, <laughs>
1: but she she hits she hit the stage too. Uh, I'm talking about you like you're dead, but, you know, this this, this is all.
2: Let's let her talk.
1: All right. All right. Let's (laughs) let you talk. Okay. Um, So when did you start?
2: Well, actually, uh, 1980 was the year that I started. Okay. And I, it's so funny when, you know, when I say that, you know, people, you know, start doing math and then their head starts spinning and their eyes cross, you know. (laughs) But <laughs> so that's a, that's
1: the same year i I started too, so we're
2: yeah we're yeah.
1: We're, we're in that same uh <coughs> but you uh did did you okay, so did you come out of another field? Uh, well,
2: I have been an actress, and nobody was hiring me, and i you know i thought, oh my god let me let me do something where I don't have to be you know wait for someone and uh I started doing improv and stand up, and uh that really took off for me. The, the uh the, the stand-up took off. What was you your know home right path? You that, know? that was your new path. Well, it really wasn't a new path because I was doing so many things. I was also doing uh puppetry. And uh, because I... I didn't taught, know that. Yeah, I was, I was actually taught puppetry by the Muppets and I performed with them on the premiere show of Saturday Night Live. I mean, I was... Uh, uh, I was actually doing anything that I could do to say I'm in show business. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So you were a puppeteer on you were on the Saturday Night Live show with them
2: on the premiere show of Saturday Night Live. That's what huge.
1: Yeah, which puppet were you?
2: Vosh. The hell
1: is Vosh? I don't remember Vosh. So,
2: <laughs> which ones do you remember? Yeah, right. Better question.
1: Well, I remember Rolf. Rolf the dog. The, the, that
2: that was not on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was an entire universe the Muppets created. It was not puppets from Sesame Street. Oh. It was it was. they were puppets who had their own universe. And I was Vosh, the scullery maid. How, how many I got- shows did you do? I was on the premiere show of Saturday Night Night Live. Okay, Okay. no, I didn't know if like that was... was Actually, what happened was they wanted something that was self-contained and every week another one of the puppet characters was eliminated until it was only one left, Scred, who would interact with the host. But I was on the premiere show. Well, what
1: what was your puppet voice? Did you have a, what was your puppet voice?
2: I didn't, I didn't need a puppet voice because my (laughs) own was so appropriate for, for that uh, sexy character.
1: Oh, it was a sexy character.
2: Well, how could it not be? It was the princess.
1: (laughs) Well, the flash bulbs were going off.
2: Did you have video of that? You can find it someplace, I'm sure. (laughs) no that's not that's not gonna work i want
1: you to send me video
2: you you were also in pretty woman right yes i am and i'm in the beginning of pretty woman a lot of people were getting popcorn when i had my lines and they make believe they don't they they didn't see me or they missed me if you look at the credits bermuda is my character's name And, and I am there in the credits and I am in the very early stages of the film. And I actually shot on the first night of, of, uh, filming, uh, in Los Angeles. And at the time it wasn't called pretty woman. It was called 3000 for the amount of money that he was paying her. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. What was, uh, did you get to hang with them? What do you mean? Like Richard Gere at all? Did you get to hang with
2: him? Richard Gere wasn't there the first night. The oh, I don't know. I wasn't night... there either. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> the first night was setting up, setting her up the situation of her as a prostitute. Oh. Okay. As a woman of the night, as a street walker, uh, the ambiance uh, of that whole um, ship. <laughs> Well.
1: So you got to work with her then, Julia Robbins?
2: No, I, I no. Go look at the fucking movie and start it from the beginning, and you will see me. And even if you don't see me, you'll see my name in the credits. Bermuda is the name of my. Marriage. I'm just saying. You pissed I, her
0: off in record time. No, I just like,
1: Usually it takes me a you lot longer know, to Julia, piss off the guests.
0: You guys are like this. No.
1: <laughs> no, see, I know that experience, too, because it's happened with me in Bros. Because you see me for, like, I don't know, 10 seconds in Bros. And, I'm, you know, the, I had more lines. They cut everything. So I, I, I'm with you there. <laughs> So the the
0: earlier acting, I'm going to try to bring us back here. (laughs) Uh, So, and then, so, and then what, like what after that in more acting, or did you go on the road doing stand-up? The,
2: uh, the stand-up really started taking off. I will skip over the the year or two that I was a secretary of the puppetry guild of greater (coughs) New York. And uh, wait, and you, can't, first wait night. You,
0: can't, you can't just skip this over the first that. night, or
1: did you? You can't skip over the fact that you were the secretary of the puppetry guild. That's like we represent the lollipop, guild. I this is almost like we represent thing.
2: the puppetry. Guild. <laughs> the puppetry <guild. laughs> I know, <laughs> I don't mean to, <laughs> you know, I'm not, not
1: expecting this. No, no, Rob, I'm not. I've right. been
2: around the block several times, and boy, are my feet tired!
1: <laughs> Tell me about the Puppetry Guild. What is that?
2: Is that I a um, or? well, it was the Association of Puppeteers, and um, I, I after working with the Muppets, I went on to do work with uh, Pickwick Puppetry and um, working with life-size um <clears throat> puppets. And I became part of the puppetry community and uh, I, liked, I liked it so much that I took the office of, of secretary for a while.
1: Did you ever? Uh, now I know there's a different marionettes. Did you ever uh, do do those too? Were you uh, you know, marionette? I did
2: not like marionettes. I big, I loved I loved big, hand puppets. And actually, when the Muppets started training me, we were being trained for huge <clears throat> pieces that you would be inside of. Your entire body would like be Sesame inside Street of it, like, like a beaver, and, bird? and when i came into the workshop the workshop was like a reality show another one of those things where uh they were looking for actors to be puppeteers on a huge stage uh we were we they were talking about madison square garden and every week you know we'd do exercises and you'd come in and someone else would be gone and this one week i came in and instead of our training being to express ourselves inside a costume we were starting to work from the elbow to the tip of our, our fingers with smaller puppets.
1: Did you, and was Jim Henson there were you Jim working Henson with,
2: him? and Frank Oz taught wow. me puppetry. I wow. was taught puppetry by the founders of the Muppets, Jim Henson and Frank Oz and, uh, and, when they switched up our training, you know, they said, you know, we're going to be working for television, which involved looking at a monitor and working the puppet with your hand. And all of the expression was in your voice and from your elbow to the tip of your, your fingers.
0: Have you done anything with it recently? Are you still involved?
2: recently no i i taught puppetry for a long time you know uh which was really fun and i did my own puppetry show but uh i liked stand-up better i i really liked stand-up better but but all of it is just i'm i'm an artist all of it was just anything i could do like i said to say i'm in show business
1: it would seem like a natural extension from the puppetry that you could you go into ventriloquism and stand up if did that ever occur to you what to be a ventriloquist and and do stand up as a
2: i would play <laughs> with ventriloquism but that was not that was not me there were really good people who were ventriloquists and that's not what i wanted i i really wanted to be seen for me so that's another one of the reasons why you know eventually the the puppetry faded because i wanted I wanted to be a star. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be adored. Yeah.
1: And and that's which brings us to your stand-up career. See what I did there? <laughs> yes, I did. All right. So you met. Can we say the agent's name? I, I the manager's name? Very yeah. well-known guy that you were with.
2: Wh- which one? <laughs> or, Irvin,
1: or Irvin? Well, that Irvin. he
2: was an agent. Irvin Arthur was my right. agent. Uh, Dave Jonas was my manager. The manager okay. was Dave Jonas. The guy said, I, I want to be with someone whose most uh, well known client just committed suicide. So let me go with Who was Dave he? Jonas. Freddie
1: Prince? He was Freddie Prince. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: absolutely. <clears throat> well, all right. So let's talk
1: about how that happened. How did you come about to, after how many years in stand up?
2: I, well, not that long, actually, and uh, I really wish that I had someone now. Uh, I worked with Dave Jonas on in <clears throat> Vegas, Atlantic City, the Catskills. I actually honed my comedy in the Catskills, and, uh, and Dave and Irvin Arthur uh, put me on with the Pointer Sisters, uh, Anita Baker, uh, you know, touring, I, you know, I toured for two and a half years, opening right, for Anita right. Baker. And, but, you know, with, you know, with all of these major music stars, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson, and I loved that. Uh, I, I love that they were working together uh, to, uh, to put me in very high profile places like Constitution Hall, Radio City, you know, all of these fabulous places with some of the most outstanding uh, music acts.
1: You, you, we've had this conversation privately uh, about how you felt, though, um, and if I'm, you know, going over a line here, let me know. But how you, in retrospect, you wish you had been more, you had stayed in the comedy scene. Uh, to, to, Well, I wasn't
2: in the comedy scene. The Catskills, you know, is known for being a comedy scene. What was challenging for me being a staple there in the Catskills was that um, I did an act. I did my act and I felt like I could not break out of that. Uh, As you know, now I do a lot of political stuff. Uh, Julia, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why I have no paying work. So, <laughs> but then you know, I just did my act, and I kept it, you know, in in a box, and um, and I felt like um, I couldn't expand at all. It was wonderful money. It was wonderful working there. It was great, you know, uh, being there with the the other acts an, another time of either headlining in places like the the Villa Roma and the Granite and you know all all of the the, the Catskill hotels. Um, but uh, I I began to feel uh, a little stifled, and uh, I wanted to be able to say more of what I felt. for those who don't know, in the Catskills, there were people uh, who are there like all the time, and they would wear like a badge of honor to say what comedians they had walked out on. And Joan Rivers was the kind of comedian that if she said damn once, or if she said fuck once, I mean, whole uh, tables would get up and walk out saying she's being dirty when she was one of the most hilarious women in comedy and was not filthy. And I mean, that's the kind of box that I felt I was in. But, but um, now uh, I, I do a lot of writing, political writing. You know, I'm, I, I am a writer uh, a contributor on uh politopod podcast, and one of my main bits is called Real oh, News, what and, and that's oh, no. News with. it. Are we okay?
0: uh For some reason, it seems like Julie is having a hard time with her connection.
2: Well, oh, okay. Well, yeah, mine may go out. Okay, so should should I wait? What happened? Wait, oh, wait, Julia, wait. come you- back to me, my love.
1: Yeah, oh. no. I uh, did. You guys lose everything. I just lost everything. You froze for, up and you've gone for
0: like <clears throat> ten seconds, twenty. Okay, so so you, but uh,
2: okay.
1: you're back. You're <laughs> back, and my front. So you were, <laughs> I wanted to take a step back to the to the Catskills for a minute because you know we know we all know the famous stories about uh, how Carlin and Pryor were making gobs of money in Vegas and they had that moment in their career where they just said fuck this, and they, you know, they wanted to do more and walked out and began anew. new. you kind of feel like that's what happened to you?
2: Well, yeah, and unfortunately, it was a bad timing for me because, you know, it, there's if you don't have an agent, if you don't have a manager, uh, you, there's not very much you can get. And I walked away from that because I wanted the, uh, in, in my entire life, I was looking for, uh, a different mode of expression um, but yeah I, I I felt like as an artist I wasn't being fulfilled now uh, now I'll, I'll put me in a box pay me the money I'll be happy <laughs> well
1: the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we do have comics that watch this thing and it's it's we you and I uh, uh, to some extent Kathy, but I mean you and I we were there at the beginning we've come, we've seen everything our whole life, is involved in comedy. Looking back, do you think it was a mistake to walk away? Because when oh. I ask you this, well, wait, let me hear me out. I ask you that because that that life, the Catskills are, are gone.
2: So if you I had know. stayed there, what would you have done? I don't know, I, I have no idea. Oh, but when I walked away, it was still a vibrant part of entertainment. I, I have no idea. What, uh, you know, maybe I would have been able to, uh, you know, move into movies, uh, which is what I really wanted to do, uh, or move into uh, theater, acting in theater. As you know, I'm a director, I'm a, a theater director, and, uh, and I was just nominated for Best Director for uh, an original play, Dust of Egypt, in the New York uh, Theater Festival. And that play actually won Best Actress, but at the time, uh, you know, I was <clears throat> I went to Brooklyn College Performing Arts, and it, it, I really felt like I missed nurturing in that that theater community because the only Black professor was on sabbatical the entire time I was there, and so no one looked after me, you know, at, at Brooklyn College, and. What uh, one of the things that I've, I saw happening was, was that people who were not in academia were acting. They were in movies. I mean, they you know, they were you know, there were movies being shot actually in Brooklyn all over the place. And uh, and I was, you know, in this ivory tower, at, you know, at Brooklyn College, not being put in the um the works that were going on there and and i was not in the professional world so it was it was very challenging for me
0: it had i mean you had to have such intestinal fortitude to just continue to keep going because i can only imagine i mean that was what 20 30 years ago
2: (laughs) i'll take 20 30
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it off was, again.
2: <laughs> whatever it was it was very challenging it was it was, it was very
0: challenging. nothing like what it is today where everybody is you know talking about how to you know it's like it's embraced at in, in the schools and and really you know trying to get all types of uh, uh, people and opinions and everything and, and just being on the front end of having that voice and, and being able to, to have a say, I can see why you would want to really continue to, 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 to be a star, you know?
2: Well, th- that's what I wanted to do. I, 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 felt that there was something in me that I had to express. And uh, like I said, I'm an artist and however I could do it, you know, I, I do it. Somebody says, do my podcast. I go, I'm in show business.
1: <laughs> but you're <laughs> you know?
2: too- <laughs> but you've gone,
1: you've gone, you've made this growth from Catskill comic to political oh, comic satirist and playwright. That could that was not a, an instant switch. It had to be gradual. No, did you? It, it was, was a
2: gradual you... thing that came <clears throat> from inside. You know, I actually um, uh, <clears throat> last uh, wit- well in the in the winter. I was the host and artist coordinator for. The Off Broadway run of Indictment excitement—that was uh, six nights a week of political comedy in an Off Broadway theater on Forty Second Street—and wow. it was I mean... just, it was just incredible. It was all political uh, comics, and uh, uh, and I loved it because I worked every single night, uh, and the producer, you know, wanted. Um, in material around the possible indictment of uh, of Trump, and uh, and it was it was just great. But all of this is something that evolved, you know, in my consciousness, in my uh, in my change of understanding about myself, and who I am, and my 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 political uh, growth. I actually had, you know, a political growth, which then started to be reflected in my, in my, in my comedy. Did
0: did you find that 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 happened prior to, like you became political prior to,
2: uh, the 2016 election, or did you feel like? That oh yeah kind of- uh, it was oh all of that was just you know happening with my life yeah before yeah. before the the election and um i actually uh some of your viewers may want to go on uh facebook and check on polytunetics polytunetics um, uh are the cartoons that i write with an illustrator scott williams uh uh we we have to, we have to get something up for for this year scott is involved with a lot uh but that's the way i am like if it's writing cartoons you know i'm i'm there uh if it's directing you know in theater uh in fact i just got a uh an inquiry about uh directing a piece in another festival that uh, i have to check out uh if if it's doing Uh, uh, A 10 minute set at Poco. I mean, uh, I hadn't felt well for a while. And when uh, I was just starting to come back from not feeling well, and I had a set uh, two weeks ago, a week ago at a place called Poco. Had never been there before. The Booker. I, I didn't even I don't remember how I knew the Booker. And I had such a great time. I mean, it was this this little room that was sold out underneath a, a, oh. um, a, a restaurant. And Is it, are you talking Poco's in Doylestown?
1: no 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 oh, oh no, no,
2: no 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 oh, in the, new york okay right here in new york oh, okay. and and it was like heaven i felt like you know after not being on stage for a while to you know walk into a place where I could do political stuff and the audience actually knew what I was talking about, you know, and, and laughed. And, and I had, I had some stuff that I could actually post online. It was, Oh, it was heaven. Absolutely. I, I
1: have a, I want to stay in that vein for a minute. There was a time in the sixties and maybe the seventies where political comics could not only survive, but thrive. And, you know, we, we you know, we look at more Saul and Lenny and all those people, but, why do you think you can't do that today? Why? I
2: can yeah. do it. I don't think it's commercial. I can that's, do well, it. Well, that's what
1: I mean. Well, you look uh, at
2: the uh, Clinton's of the world,
0: like, or uh, she was very political back in the day. But it, who's really doing that type of political? But well, that's my
1: point, though. Right the, the audiences, what you can't survive financially as, well, as a political. But
2: the thing is the the society is so full of tension that if you make a joke that offends one person, that can really lead to uh, untold repercussions. Uh, it's not like when Richard Pryor, you know, could say. Uh, you know, some of the things that he did, or even Eddie Murphy. And actually one of the reasons why I love Cat Williams as a comedian, not just because he's so physical, but because he inserts political commentary in his in his material and you don't even realize it. you know, you think you know he's just being off the wall or you know maybe he's you know cursing or or just acting crazy and then and then you hear, you know the political message that's underneath what you know what he's saying. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the the society is a lot more tense. I mean, books are being banned. How, how do you think people are going to be able to do? But I want
1: to but I want to drill down a little bit more on the reason that you don't see. Do you think it's that I have this theory about comedian training? Is it what it was when you and I came up? We had the advantage of working in clubs where we could study under much more advanced comics than we were. We could learn well, This is what I was craft.
2: telling people, that I was first passed that. Uh, I became a regular at Catch a Rising Star. So that meant while I was just hanging out or waiting to go on at 12, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, I could see Robin Williams, mm-hmm. David Brenner, Richard Belzer. Um, you know, I mean people who were uh, moving into the height of, of their careers. And, and, and as you say, you could watch more advanced people and learn and, and absorb from them. Uh, I don't know if that's possible now for the, the, the comics coming up because I think so much of their development is in uh, open mics. That,
1: that's my point. Where do, that where, do,
2: where do you go to school?
1: Where can you go to school? Like we went to school you know there's no there's no substitute for that kind of training, I don't think. There's nothing that exists. You can go to all the classes you want, but it doesn't
2: you don't you don't also- get you don't get the experience of seeing someone who has honed a joke or honed a bit uh, and see them uh, delivering it. Live and getting the electricity of the audience connecting with them, and the audience, uh, and hearing the actual pitch of the laughter, the Mm. volume and velocity of the laughter in connection with the trajectory of the joke, because this person is on that. Rarified or higher level of experience, it, it, and and you're right, it uh, it's something that um, you you know you have to actually have, to, um, to be almost an apprentice or or a, an an acolyte of someone who's like that to get that experience. Whereas we could walk into our home club. I was past the catch a rising star and also the improv. Uh, and 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 people would be there, you know, mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman. I, I could see Andy Kaufman at, 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 at you know, at, at the improv. And, uh, My, uh, for Dr- me, it
1: was the beginning. I, the first time I saw Uncle Dirty, we brought oh, him Uncle up before. Dirty.
2: Uncle Dirty. And,
1: he, was, and even Uncle- though it was very scripted at that point, I didn't know it the first time I saw it. But that's house, what
2: yeah. so that's but that's what the greats make it look like the greats mm-hmm. make you no know, because they've done these jokes hundreds of times so mm-hmm. sometimes they're working things out but the greats really make it look like uh it's all in it's in the moment and, and 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 but that's something that i love when I see new comics or or when i see uh an established comedian doing material that i i haven't heard I love that stuff juliet
1: yes i do too you know i'm i'm sorry i'm monopolizing this kathy you want to no, yeah, questions. No, no
0: no i don't i i just i have an observation and you were asking what what do you think happened and i think the, the way pe- people people stop co- coming to clubs because we start we started with the internet and different ways of, of getting our entertainment before people had to go out to a movie or theater or a comedy show and now they don't have to um And so I think, and then, so I think they stopped putting that second show on, you know, that late night show. And then now they're just doing one show. And then the the shows just get smaller and smaller because the audiences get smaller. And I also think there was a boom, probably in the 2000s, early 2000s, where there were so many people doing comedy that it flooded the market and a lot of them weren't very good. And so people that went to comedy shows sometimes had a bad experience. It's like, eh, you know, it wasn't that good or this or that. And
1: so I think. Well, we saw the uh, beginnings of that, didn't we, Rhonda? Uh, Right around the time, I want to say mid-90s, right around the time bringer shows were starting to pop up. You know, we, we would hear well, about. You know,
2: it's, it's very interesting because when we started, we knew everyone who was on our coast, who was doing comedy. Yes. We knew everyone or knew of everyone. Right. If we hadn't been standing at the bar with them, you know, we, we had seen them at the bar or we mm-hmm. had seen them in the back of the room. And uh, and then uh, sometimes if you would, you know, be by coastal or go to, to the other coast, you know, someone who you had were familiar with from television, or someone had spoken about. You you saw them. Now it's it's not that way. It it really you know it isn't that way anymore. You you had um, a small number of people who were doing it, and then, like you said, it started to explode so that everybody you knew knew someone who was doing comedy. I mean a civilian any every civilian you knew knew somebody who who had started doing comedy. And it really uh it, like you said the it, it, it got oversaturated and um and some people got chosen, some people got promoted, some people got picked and maybe they were not ready for prime time or whatever situation they were in. I have heard stories about people who are, who have tremendous followings on social media. By the way, follow me on social media, like me on TikTok, Lo behold, 100 on TikTok. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. But these people who have thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of of followers who who really enjoy their uh, online presentation and they can't hold a candle to a live audience. You know, it's you know.
1: interesting you say that because comedy was sort of like rock and roll, early rock and roll. It was it was sort of underground. It was a little bit dangerous. It was, uh, you, know, you know, you know, low ceiling clubs, smoky, you know, uh, you know, shit was going on, man. And it's like if you were hip, you would be in on it. Then it became a business, an industry and it's where you are what you're saying right now with the with the social media uh, i i may not get booked because i can't fill a 500 seat room who said that i could fill a 500 seat room anyway but you know uh some Slamil who's got a million p- two followers just has to put up i'm going to be at you know the yuck, you know the and,
0: and what they were doing for a while these reality tv people were trying to go into stand up comedy too and so they would just have a name because they were on Amish people or whatever and it's and then this <laughs> person is now headlining the local comedy club and you go and the other two comics are blowing this person out of the water and then they get up with the you know it's just like you're booked so because it, of your name but you don't have any talent
1: it begs the question what is what where do you see the
2: future of our business our profession oh my gosh oh the future of it i that's such a fascinating Question: I have no idea because, well, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like with AI and chatbot, uh, they are taking over everything. So it's like people are are writing acts based on that. I mean, there was a a, a rapper, an artificial intelligence rapper, which thank God they they got rid of him because he was like in, in impersonating. Uh, uh, a black person and using the n word uh, nondisclosure, non disclosure and um that was a joke non disclosure <laughs> no i'm
1: trying to get my head around it that was a was it but a-
2: but um i also feel like robots uh and the um automation of our lives is actually a plan to kill us but when you have a chatbot uh you know which i've you know i've done some uh Uh, real news presentations on that, Uh, when you have chatbot and artificial intelligence taking actually uh, the, the spirit of research and inspiration and creativity away, they won't you won't need a live person like us, that you, you, you won't need uh, someone who is spontaneous, someone who can improv, someone who is drawing on years and years of experience like we have. The thing about chatbot and, and the artificial intelligence is that it frequently makes up things and then it becomes self-referential. So that uh if they're if they're doing a footnote, they're doing a footnote of something that a chat bot made up. And and so our wow. whole society is going to be of about people who are uh, reading uh and being entertained by, being instructed by, um artificial intelligence and and it has and it will have less and less to do with our humanity and uh and yeah the 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 robots will kill us
0: <laughs> <laughs> you drove her away Rhonda. she left
2: she, i, see. I she, she see said, screw it if the world's gonna end i'm getting a bourbon <laughs> <laughs> i well uh, i i don't i don't consider these uh conspiracy theories i can I consider it conspiracy fact, you know.
0: <laughs> Do you really truly believe that? Or is that just kind of like a, a, a
2: you know, a grandiose I'm statement? Serious. I'm serious. You, you know, don't, you don't feel, I, I just. I don't know if it's designed I, I to think. eliminate us, but. I just saw uh, a post about a bill that want, that the government wants to pass, that anything in your home, I'm not just talking about your computer, but your refrigerator your uh, your toaster, your your uh, your microwave, your television, that they will be able to use that to spy on you at any time without your knowledge. I mean, anyone who does not feel like this is kind of or weird, willing. It's, Orwellian. Uh, it, it's past or or for me. I mean, this is what our our society is evolving to, and, and that's the trajectory that we're on. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, uh, that's that's why I don't have a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> All of these smart appliances and and this is the thing. this they could even uh, watch you through your electric meter. They can, you know, they can um, deduce, they can a- analytically de- deduce things about you from the amount of water that you use, from the amount of electricity that you use. And if you think about it, for the past, I would say at least five years, We have different um, utilities have gone off the grid, have different utilities have um, gone offline. Entire uh, studios have had their uh, data hacked. I mean, we have had um, experiments in taking away our ability to communicate. It hasn't been mass yet. It hasn't been a mass thing, but you know that, um, you know, our electricity, some electrical grids go down, some uh, our water, Jesus Christ, our water, it's almost like state by state, our water supply is being more poisoned than it already is. I mean, you know, our water supply, even what we drink, has all kinds of uh, pharmaceuticals in it. But then, you know, like... Yeah, well, per- you
1: are. So, it I didn't want to go here, but as long as we're here,
2: <laughs> as long as we're here, No, <laughs>
1: well, I, t- I mean, I tend to agree with you about uh, uh, there's a there's a we are, you know, if you anybody believes that we have we are free, is you know just wrong. But what asks the question that begs the question, where do comedians fit in that that space? Because we have been our history as performers as comics has been to point out the truth. Uh
2: to say know, the uh, emperor has no clothes.
1: Exactly. So where do you know and now we do it at the risk of our life. Uh, but that's the job we chose. Do we continue to do you know do we well just I'm ex- going
2: to continue to do it because you know I, I, I got nothing else to do. You know that <laughs>
1: <laughs> You don't have a Balaza gig give me you know you don't have- <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm going to continue to do it, and uh, you, you know, I, I really do feel like I will find my audience. My audience will find me, or it really won't matter because you know, uh, I, I saw "Lust for Life" about Van Gogh. This, oh this God, movie I love about movie. Van Gogh, and this this man is so passionate about doing his work. He never got the money from his work. He never even got the 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 glory from his work, you know, and if, you know, if I can have at least the the, uh, the satisfaction, the human satisfaction of, of what I do uh, and enjoying myself, I, you know, I'll be happy. Even if our banking system is going down faster than Gwyneth Paltrow on the bunny slope. <laughs> nice, nice run.
1: Hey,
0: she lost a half day skiing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: do you have anything you want to plug cuz this will this is going to pop up in about 2 weeks on on
2: TV. I want I want people to listen to me on Monday nights. I join John Fugel saying every Monday night on Sirius XM channel 127 on uh Sirius XM uh progress uh it's hashtag handsome monday and uh and i really do uh want people to uh sign up to get my my newsletter you can go to rhonda handsome.com uh and um and sign up to stay in touch with me because, you know, they, they want to cut, take down TikTok and, uh, you know, social media may really be in trouble at some point. And I want people to at least have a way to stay in touch with me. Uh, so go to RhondaHandsome.com or go to Rhonda Handsome Comedy on Facebook and, you know, like me, follow me on Twitter at I- Rhonda Handsome. Like a handsome Hans- man without Hans- the Hans- D. is spelled
1: H-A-N-S-O-M-E, not H-A-N-D-S-O-M-E.
2: It's like so- a handsome man without the D, H-A-N-S-O-M-E. Rhonda, like help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many um, times have you heard that in your life? Oh, not that much because I am around people who have never heard that song before. Oh. I am around people who are so young that when I say, help me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda, they just go, well, this old lady is a little detached. You know? Well, I, did you? I want to thank you. Did you have fun? Oh my gosh! I I real I feel like I went off on some kind of conspiratorial rant in between the glitches in the podcast, and it was it was like a, a whirlwind. How could I not have fun with you two? And you know I miss you so much, Julia. And as soon as I said I missed you, did you go away again, girl? Gone right now. Tell her she looks like a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you look like a princess, darling. You look like a princess. Uh, she
0: she had to end up doing the show on her phone, and so she wasn't able to get the the full hookup. No, I him. understand.
2: It, yeah. Well, this is what I mean. We are now so dependent upon the technology that we are at its mercy. You right. know, this is the way we communicate with each other, and when it works, it's fantastic, and and when it doesn't, it it just likes to point at us and laugh. Stupid people that trust us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Julia, the answer to your question is yes, I have fun. I always have fun with you. And, you know, we got to go walk the boardwalk and have some more fun uh, sooner or later. Can you hear?
0: I don't think she can hear you.
2: It looks like Julia
0: can't hear. So well, here's what we're gonna do, Rhonda. I'm gonna thank you on behalf of both of us and thank I you so appreciate much for being that. here. And you come back anytime you want. You have an open invitation.
2: We would love. Oh, to have you. thank you, thank okay. you so much. I I really appreciate that, and uh and and I did have fun and. um, I loved it. I loved it. Good. Now, We've, let me know. Can you let me know when I should tell people to look for this?
0: Yep. We'll let you know, Jimmy. Somebody will shoot you an email or, or whatever. But uh, be well and good luck. Have fun on Mondays with the serious XM show. And we will see you soon. All right. Julia what, says, I have no void. I have no voice." <laughs> Bye, Rhonda. Be well. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. See you later. All right. That was the show. Julia's looking pretty. Then you look pretty. Look at her. Eh, I'm so pretty. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. We're going to wrap this shit show up. Uh, We'll see you next weekend. Be good to each other. Be nice. Bye.